Of all the topics related to bodybuilding, exercise, and fitness, perhaps the most pervasive in terms of myths are fat loss uh, techniques. Uh, there's so much garbage on the internet and forums and uh, blogs and videos about the best way to lose body fat. Uh, and there's, you know, some of these, some of these uh, statements are made by people who have advanced degrees. I've seen them uh, on, on various, again, on, uh, what is it, not Instagram, but what's that, Twitter, you know, where, where they make fun of people who go on certain types of diets, such as low-carbohydrate diets, because they point out, they say, well, these people are idiots uh, because a calorie is a calorie. In other words, uh, what really counts is the amount of total calories you take in. Nothing else matters. That's what they say. It ultimately comes down to calories. It, if you want to lose body fat, you have to take in fewer calories than you burn. Usually they suggest taking in, if you want to lose a pound a week, consume 500 less calories a day. If you want to lose two pounds, it comes out to 1,000 calories, uh, uh, 1,000 fewer less calories a day. That's the simple equation. But the truth is it never works out like that because the truth of the matter is that you know, you can't escape the first law of thermodynamics, meaning that calories do count. In other words, I'm not saying calories don't make any difference whatsoever. What I'm saying is to characterize every calorie as being the same as the next is just utter nonsense, and, and it's just so obviously wrong. Uh, calories, basically, it's a measurement of energy. And, for example, uh, they figured out that a gram of carbohydrate has f about four uh, calories per gram. Uh, a gram of protein is four calories, and, a, and fat has the, the most dense amount of calories at nine uh, calories per gram. Now, taking that alone, you would have to say, well, since fat contains almost two and a half times more calories than fat uh, than carbohydrate or protein, then fat must be the most fattening nutrient. And sure enough, a, re, a study a couple about six months ago came out that said the main reason why people gain body fat. It, the, the main, if you want to call it macronutrient that makes people fat is excess fat intake. But, you know, there, there's problems with that. For example, you take a ketogenic diet, which I've used myself when I was in bodybuilding. Ketogenic diet emphasizes moderate protein and an unusually high fat intake. Sometimes people eat as much as 75% of, of the calories as fat on a ketogenic diet. The fat on ketogenic diet. A ketogenic diet, for those of you who don't know, is a diet that's virtually has no calorie, very few carbohydrates, usually 25 grams of carbohydrates a day or less, characterizes ketogenic diets. So, what they do is they substitute fat for, uh, they eliminate carbohydrates and instead uh, eat, again, moderate amounts of protein, about a, you know, maybe uh, about a gram, a little bit less than a, a gram per pound of body weight. And they eat a lot of fat, and a lot of this could be saturated fat, the so-called bad fat. Could be again 75% of calories. If if the fat theory is true, in other words, if what that study says is true about fat making you fat, people that go on ketogenic diets or other types of low-carbohydrate diets where they consume huge amounts of dietary fat, two things should happen. They should never lose body fat at all. I mean nothing, right? Uh, you know, uh, and the second thing is that they should also gain a lot of body fat rather than lose body fat. They should gain body fat, but that's not what happens on ketogenic diets. 
almost anybody who goes on a ketogenic diet is going to lose body fat if you do it properly. And yes, the ketogenic diet, there's certain factors involved, such as the protein component of the uh, ketogenic diet that increases what they call satiety. In other words, uh, eating a high-protein diet, which is a feature of most low-carbohydrate diets, definitely lowers uh, your appetite. So in the long run, you will be eating fewer calories. Eventually, you, you know, your appetite goes down, so automatically your calorie intake adjusts where you're going to eat fewer calories, and of course, you're going to lose body fat. Uh, of course, the people who advocate ketogenic diets will talk about the insulin factor that because you're not taking in carbohydrates, your insulin uh, release goes down, and insulin is known as a storage hormone. It promotes the storage of fat as triglycerides. It also tends to blunt the release of stored fat and fat cells, so if your insulin goes down, theoretically, you burn more fat, but you know that probably definitely does play a role. But my point being, though, that you know the calories are not the same. Uh, they go through, you know, fat, carbohydrate, protein. They go through different meta metabolic pathways. Uh, for, to give you an example, of that uh, when you take when you, for example, if you if you lower carbs and you place it with protein, you get a boost in your metabolic rate, and that leads to also a reduction of appetite, as I said, a reduction of cravings for carbohydrate, and also it, it regulates the function of certain what they call gut hormones, uh, insulin secreted guards and uh, whatsoever. Uh, so when you, go on a, uh, when you emphasize protein calories on a diet, you increase certain satiety hormones, like I said, for example, glucagon-like peptide 1, um, um, you know, that also, uh, when it's secreted on a high-protein diet, it tends to lower your appetite so you eat less. There's another, another one called cholecystokinin that's also secreted. That also, it's a gut hormone when you're on a high-protein diet, and also it's stimulated by fat intake. That definitely lowers your appetite where you don't want to eat a lot of food. At the same time, uh, when you emphasize protein on a diet, you're also uh, lowering appetite-stimulating hormones in the gut. So for, for example, ghrelin. Ghrelin is a protein uh, gut hormone that is the most appetite-stimulating hormone in the body. Ghrelin goes up in between meals. And when you eat a meal, ghrelin drops down to nothing. It gradually rises between meals. And as it rises, you get hungrier and hungrier. This is basically nature's way of forcing you to eat so you don't starve to death. But when you go on a high-protein diet, you tend to lower ghrelin levels so you're not as hungry. And also, another, another feature of a high-protein diet, another reason why calories aren't the same, is the thermic effect of food. In other words, this is what's known in science as diet-induced thermogenesis, meaning that nutrients actually burn calories just to be metabolized. In other words, it's a thermogenic effect. Uh, the, the process of digesting, for example, protein, fat, and carbohydrate requires a certain amount of calories just to, just to basically digest them and absorb them. Now, the, the, the type of food uh, or the macronutrient with the greatest uh, degree of thermogenesis is, uh, a pro is protein. Protein increase, increases the thermogenic effect of food by 15 to 30%. That means that 15 to 30% of protein calories are used just to metabolize and absorb the protein. Now compare that with carbohydrates. 
which only produces 5 to 10% a thermogenic effect, and fat has a 0 to 3%. So fat requires the least amount of calories to be metabolized, which is one of the reasons why a lot of these scientists say that fat is the most fattening nutrient. But again, it depends on the rest of your diet. If you're, for example, if you restrict carbs tremendously, like on a very low carbohydrate diet or a ketogenic diet, your body still is re requires energy. It's going to take the fat that you consume and it's going to burn it. So it's not going to become fat. It's going to be burned, especially if you exercise. Uh, so to say that all calories are equal is kind of a stretch. Uh, it's not really true. It's you know to to just tell people a blanket statement. Uh, if you want to lose body fat, reduce calories. That's all there is to it. That's bullshit. That's nonsense for the reasons I just explained. Another another uh, myth is that when you go on, for example, when you reduce calories, you have, uh, the weight loss is linear. In other words, if you if you reduce, uh, uh, like I said earlier, take in five, consume 500 less fewer calories a day. You lose a pound a week, 1,000 calories less a day, two pounds. Unfortunately, it's not that linear. In other words, there are some times where you'll be losing weight pretty rapidly. Other times, you know, the weight loss will not be proceed as usual. In other words, it seems like the weight loss stops. And there's reasons for that. One common reason is what they call a dieting plateau. After about, uh, this particularly happens on a, on a reduced calorie diet to the point where you're getting really low calories let's say uh men would be like under 1200 calories women under a thousand calories when that happens your body senses the i mean that few amount of calories is kind of like less than what your basal metabolism requires meaning it's less than the amount of calories needed to keep you alive to keep your body functioning so when that happens your body or your brain interprets that as a starvation state and, it, and it, it, it instigates emergency procedures to prevent you from kind of cannibalizing your own body tissues such as muscle. Uh, one way it does this is by taking your active thyroid hormone which is called T3 and converting it to a, uh, a, a kind of uh, uh, more or less in in inactive form called reverse T3 which has the effect of lowering the metabolism. So, uh, and that's done again to protect you from more or less burning up your own tissues. So, uh, when that happens, unfortunately, you hit a dieting plateau where the weight loss stops. Now, what happens is if, uh, the, the cure for it is to just raise your calories a bit. For example, you can go off the diet one or two days a week, uh, eat, eat more calories, more carbohydrates on those days. Boom, you'll get out of the dieting plateau. Or you could take, if you want to go the drug route, you could take small amounts of thyroid hormone. It'll bypass the uh, reverse T3 effect. Boom. There's the end of the dieting plateau. So, so that happens. Uh, another another uh, reason why the weight loss seems to stop, especially in women, is that you get this, little, this kind of temporary water retention effect that could be reflected on the scales if you, if you check your weight regularly, where it looks like your weight loss has stopped when, in fact, it's just a little bit of retained water in the body, which will eventually be excreted. So the notion that just cutting your calories by a certain amount each day, each day will lead to a straight line weight loss is just also a myth. It's just not true. It just doesn't happen. Uh, and another myth is that uh, certain supplements, well, this is kind of conditional. 
uh, I'm sure a lot of the people watching this video are familiar with so-called fat burner supplements. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, I, I've investigated most of these supplements, and I'm not going to say they don't do anything. But with the big myth about them is that ingesting these so-called fat burners will directly oxidize or burn fat. None of them do that. None of them do that. The only way to burn fat is you have to oxidize. It means with oxygen. That means you have to exercise. You have to do something to oxidize to burn the fat. The, the uh, fat burners are incapable of doing that. What fat burner supplements actually do is help to mobilize fat. Some of them, uh, like for, for example, a lot of them uh, include caffeine as a primary ingredient. Caffeine works by stimulating hormones in the body called catecholamines, norepinephrine, epinephrine. What norepinephrine and epinephrine do is when they get to the lipocyte of fat cell, they stimulate an enzyme called hormone-sensitive lipase, which causes the breakdown of the stored fat in fat cells, which is called triglyceride. Hormone-sensitive lipase degrades uh, triglyceride into its component, which is three fatty acids attached to a glycerol backbone. The, 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 the contents of the fat cell uh, or the, you know, the degraded triglycerides now as free fatty acids and glycerol is released into the blood. Now, what happens next determines whether it's going to be burned or not. If you exercise and you, again, you know, reduce your calories, reduce your carbohydrates, whatever, in other words, you will oxidize the fat, especially, again, if you exercise. However, if you do nothing, if you just don't diet, sit around and watch Netflix and eat the same amount of food, you could take an entire bottle of fat burners. They're not going to do a damn thing. Because remember, all they do is help mobilize fat. And by the way, this also applies to growth hormone. Growth hormone has this reputation of being this fantastic fat-burning hormone. I remember years ago there was a, there was a, a story going around how bodybuilders were able to ingest 15,000 calories a day but because they were taking growth hormone, they lost body fat rather than gained body fat. Now, that's a myth also. Now, what growth hormone does is similar to what the fat burner supplements do. What growth hormone does is it stimulates the release of fat stored in fat cells. But it doesn't burn it. It mobilizes it. Whether it gets burned again is up to you, depending on your diet and your exercise habits. If you don't do something, change your diet or, you know, do something like aerobics or workout or whatever, the, the, the fat that's released from the fat cells with growth hormone, it just circulates in the blood and it goes right back into the fat cells. It's called reesterification. just goes right back into the fat cells. So, you know, it doesn't do anything. You got to do something with it. So, again, I'm not saying that fat burners don't work, but they limit it. They could say they're limited. And this goes to all of them. No matter what the ads say, no matter what, all the uh, you know the hype and the hoopla, this is a, make you lose four pounds of fat a week. Nothing. The only thing I know of that will directly oxidize fat is a drug or a substance called DNP, and I've talked about this in other videos. It stands for dinitrophenol. That works. I'm not going to go into detail about that here. I've done other videos about it. It's the most dangerous, probably drug ever used in bodybuilding. And what it does is, it, uh, to put in a scientific uh, veneer, it uncouples oxidative phosphorylation, which is a fancy way of saying it, it interferes with the production of energy as ATP in, in the mitochondria, or portion of cells, 
And as a result of that, your body has to seek other sources of energy. And what it does is it goes to fat stores. So you can lose as much as a half a pound of fat every two days on DNP. Sounds great. A lot of people will hear that, oh, I want to run out and get DNP. Well, a lot of people have died from DNP because the, the therapeutic dose to promote fat loss and the dose that will kill you, and, and the death is horrible. You literally burn up inside. You cook your internal organs. The, the, the line between a, a fatal dose and fat burning is tiny. If you take a little bit too much of this, you'll die. And uh, you know all these idiots on, on the internet who, 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 when I've said this in the past, hey, it's bull. I use DMP, I didn't have any problem. Yeah, all right. The truth of the matter is some people, and you can't tell you one of these people, have this genetic problem where, where, the, where the DNP tends to accumulate in their body. So even if they take the suggested dose of DNP to stimulate fat loss, after about three days, they're into the toxic levels, and what happens then is they die. So uh, dying is not a good way to lose weight. <laughs> Another myth about, and uh, 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 you, you see this frequently directed at people like, people that have a lot of body fat that are trying to diet, they'll say, well, you know, these people have no willpower. Well, it's not that simple. Unfortunately, there are certain genetic and medical disorders that make it very difficult. And you don't have to be massively obese, like four or 500 pounds. It can happen to other people where it makes it extremely difficult to lose body fat, no matter what kind of diet and no matter how much exercise you can do. And I'm not saying that these people can't lose fat. I'm saying it's much more difficult. It's, it goes way beyond willpower. Uh, for example, if you have low thyroid, uh, if your thyroid output is too low, it's called hypothyroidism, uh, it's going to be very difficult for you to lose body fat It's uh, you because, again, your metabolism is too slow. You're not burning up the calories as fast as other people. There are certain medical conditions. I won't go into all of them. Even being depressed can cause you to uh, slow down weight loss. So, you know, so uh, uh, there's, uh, and, and there's also different hormones and stuff. And, and uh, uh, for example, there's another thing where some people are resistant to a fat cell. Uh, it's called an adipocyte. It's kind of a fat cell protein called leptin. And what leptin does is it, it signals the brain that fat cells are full of fat. And, and by doing so, it turns off the appetite so you eat less. Unfortunately, some people who have problems lo uh, losing body fat, their brain is resistant to leptin. So it doesn't get the signal, the signal sent by the fat cell. In other words, the leptin signal to the brain doesn't get read. It's like, you know, the, it just doesn't get read. And this causes these people to eat a lot more. And it's very hard for them to diet. Uh, leptin, uh, you know, it could be, uh, the only way to administer leptin is through injection. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it's not really a good way to do it, but, you know, uh, being resistant to leptin, uh, which happens to a lot of people that are obese. Now, the funny thing is, these people actually secrete more leptin than a thinner person. They're secreting more because their body is trying desperately to send the leptin signal to the brain to turn off the appetite, but it's not reaching the brain. It doesn't get in, so their appetite it's again it's almost uncontrollable it's very hard to stay in a diet the good news is that if these people are able and this does take a little bit of willpower if they're able to diet and exercise once they lower their body fat levels 
the leptin signal will reach the brain and you know you'll the the dieting then becomes easier and easier and eventually they can reach their uh, weight loss goals um uh, another one uh, uh another one is the idea that uh you could just exercise your fat off in other words uh I see people, for example, coming into the gym and doing, I don't see it that much anymore, but because uh, I train at night, there's fewer people in there. But during the day, I used to see people go into the aerobics room and they would do, well, I'm not in the gym that longer, but, but I remember one time I went to the gym, I did a short workout and I noticed this girl was on a treadmill. I came back four and a half hours later and she was still on the treadmill. So... It's obvious she has this idea that, you know, exercise will keep her from getting fat. I should also point out that this woman, this particular woman, had an absolutely horrific-looking body. She was skinny and fat at the same time. She was she had skinny arms, skinny legs, but you could see she was flabby around the waist because what she was doing was, all she was doing was cannibalizing her muscle. So the notion that you could do any amount of exercise and burn and and you know burn fat off is a mistake because you're going to wind up losing too much muscle uh of course there are certain athletes ultra marathon runners these guys run like 100 150 miles they're known to eat like two or three large pizzas along the run uh, but, but but you know or the uh, what is that called the uh the race up there uh, that bicycle race i forgot what it's called the one that lana lance armstrong toward toward Tour de France, I think it's called. You know, that involves so many calories that those cyclists can eat a ton of food and not gain weight because they are burning off the calories. But most people aren't that active. So if you're going to be that active, you know, you're going to burn off the calories, but you're also going to lose muscle. Show me one guy who ever competed in the Tour de France who could win a bodybuilding contest, and I'll, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll admit I'm wrong. Uh, another, uh, uh, and this one I have, this next myth, I have a little bit of a problem with that. Uh, where there's a lot of these, again, pseudo-experts, I see them on these science forums, where they, where they make, again, they, they kind of make fun of people on low-carbohydrate diets, and they say that, uh, you know, uh, the, the notion that carbohydrates make you fat is nonsense, and they go a step further. They, they then say that you cannot get fat from carbohydrate because any excess carbohydrate is oxidized in the liver. This is so patently false and so ridiculous, all you have to do is look around you. Most people get fat from not eating protein, or not, not even from fat. They get fat from eating an excess of refined sugars and carbohydrates and excess fat. They get fat from a combination of excess carbohydrates and excess fat. The notion that uh, carbohydrates doesn't make you fat is just BS. And secondary to that, the notion that going on a low-carbohydrate diet or ketogenic diet will not, uh, you know, cause you to lose fat is also just just absolutely so stupid, so nonsensical. So, I, I, I mean, when I see a researcher say this, I don't care how many of the degrees they have, I never want to read anything they write again. I, have, I completely lose respect for these guys. How do I know? Because I know myself and, and countless others who've gone on low-carbohydrate diets, have lost tremendous amounts of body fat. In fact, when I was a bodybuilder, I tried every type of diet known to man, including high carbs, low fat, low calorie, you name it. 
The only diet that, uh, that I ever consistently lost body fat on was a low carbohydrate diet. It worked every time. And, I, and, and if I kept the protein up, I, I lost very little muscle and I wasn't using any steroids. So, so the, the, the nonsense that, uh, and also the, the, the idea that insulin, they also say insulin has no effect on body fat. Uh, you know, uh, people that are body, uh, have a lot of body fat have normal insulin levels. That's also BS. Most of these people, because of the enlarged fat cells they have, they, they tend to, their fat cells, they tend to be what they call, and the muscle, they tend to be insulin resistant. As a consequence, when they eat a meal, they secrete an excess amount of insulin. I'm talking high body fat people, and, and that excess insulin, remember what I said earlier, insulin's a storage hormone. When large amounts of insulin are secreted, fat is either being synthesized in fat cells or it's being stored in fat cells, or the third route is no fat is being released from fat cells. So the idea that insulin is not important for dieting is just laughable nonsense. Just laughable nonsense. Another one that, that and this relates to what I said earlier, is you know the idea that fat makes you fat. Again, I, I already kind of went into that. I talked about people on ketogenic diets, 70% fat intake, and they lose tons of body fat. So uh, you know, Vince Garand, the famous trainer years ago, he was one of the first to point out that he actually said, he went the other route. He said that fat helps you burn fat. And I wrote an article in my Applied Metabolics newsletter explaining, I'm not going to get into it in this video because it's complex, but there are certain ways that fat actually promotes the use of body fat as fuel. So the notion that fat makes you fat is just complete BS. Yes, fat does have the... Uh, densest amount of calories at nine per gram uh but I, I i should point out that there was a uh a, a famous study that happened many years ago i i mentioned it in other videos where they had two groups of people one group they both groups ate the same number of calories i'm talking the exact same number of calories except one group ate a 90 percent protein diet ready that's that's a lot of protein the other group ate a 90 percent carbohydrate diet but both groups had the same amount of calories. What happened was the group that ate the 90% protein diet lost significant amounts of body fat. The group that ate 90% carbohydrates gained significant amounts of body fat. Now, if a calorie is a calorie, that wouldn't have happened. And in a recent article by Applied Metabolics, I talked about a case study of a guy who was trying to gain weight. And, and he did it on... Uh, he. he uh, he, he, he did it by, if I remember correctly, he actually restricted carbohydrates, but he ate a lot of fat and protein. And according to the experts, he should have put on a lot of fat. But even though he was trying to gain weight, he lost body fat. He was eating a, a, a huge amount of excess calories. He was eating twice the amount of calories that he would require to gain weight, but he lost body fat. The articles in my Applied Metabolics, if you want to know the details. Another myth is that eating breakfast is uh, necessary to lose weight. A lot, you know, the idea between eating break, uh, behind eating breakfast is that when you sleep, you haven't eaten in hours. You know, your energy stores are low, and it's a good idea to eat breakfast. The word breakfast, look at it. Breakfast, meaning break fast. You fasted overnight by not eating, so it's important to eat breakfast. 
not so much. It, it really, they, there was a study, a four-month study of 309 uh, adults that compared breakfast habits. They found no effect on, on the uh, people who skipped breakfast, nothing. It didn't affect their weight loss at all. It's also a myth, the idea that breakfast raises, boosts metabolism. And, uh, and also the notion that eating multiple small meals a day helps you burn more calories. That's also BS. If anything, eating multiple small meals a day will stimulate more insulin release and it'll make it harder to lose body fat uh, unless, of course, you have no carbohydrates at all in each meal. That will lower, you know, but even the protein kind alone, though, the protein content alone will cause a little bit of an insulin <coughs> release. So, uh, so I think, I think uh, oh, another one, another one. Uh, uh, they have something called metabolically healthy obese. What is a medically healthy obese person? In other words, the general, the, the consensus <clears throat> among obesity re researchers is no amount of body fat is healthy. In other words, you're, if you have excess body fat or more than the suggested amount of body fat, you are unhealthy, period. And the reason for that is body fat, excess body fat, is associated with a couple of medical conditions, <coughs> high blood pressure, elevated lipids, so on and so forth. Uh, 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 joint problems like arthritis. So, you know, the idea is that if you have uh, excess body fat, you're automatically unhealthy. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, well, body fat is also associated with cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. That's true. But there's a lot of people who have what they call metabolically healthy obesity, meaning that their body fat levels is above the suggested amount, but in their blood tests, Everything's normal. They have no high blood pressure, no elevated blood lipids. Nothing is wrong whatsoever. Now, this is a big, uh, this is a big controversy in medicine because other researchers say that even the people that are metabolically obese, healthy today, eventually that excess body fat is going to catch up with them because body fat, one of the reasons it's really dangerous for health is that body fat secretes inflammatory chemicals, uh, inflammatory adipokines, which cause systemic inflammation as you get older, and systemic inflammation is at the corner, is at the heart of many diseases, cardiovascular disease, brain disease, and there, it, there could be something to that. Another problem with metabolically obese obesity is that if these people have a lot of fat in the visceral area, or in other words, the deep abdominal area, they are still subject to insulin resistance and and also uh, cardiovascular disease and cancer and diabetes, especially again as they age. Unless these people keep up the physical activity, the exercise, all the way through, all the way through the 70s, 80s, whatever they leave to live to, if they start to get lazy and still have that body fat, they're going to suffer the same consequences as people who just are, let's say, less fit and have a lot of body fat. So, uh, so, you know, it's, it is possible to be healthy and still have a little bit of excess, excess body fat. And one curious fact that a lot of doctors don't like to say is that when they compare people with, who are slightly, have slightly more body fat with people that are super thin, the, the slightly fatter people always live longer, always live longer, always. And it's very hard to explain that, but that's just what they found. So... Um, uh, one one last thing I'll, I'll point out the notion that fat free diet free all these you know so-called diet foods if you eat, if you consume them you can eat as much as you want no 
if you eat anything you eat in excess will will promote body fat loss so uh, don't don't think that this uh, uh, is any particular food it, uh, will not produce body fat if you eat too much of anything except for protein you'll you'll you won't get you'll gain fat now uh, even that last point there's uh, some of these people dietitians I've seen they talk about because protein has four calories per gram that any excess protein you consume uh, and this is particularly true for bodybuilders who some of them eat huge amounts of protein I mean I, I read about a guy the other day who was eating 1200 grams of protein a day that's incredible amount way more than the body could ever use he'd have to be as big as King Kong to utilize that that much protein but that's not the point the point is these dietitians, these so-called pseudo experts they talk about how because protein has four calories per gram any excess protein is converted into sugar and, and into fat that's something that works on paper a lot of things that work on paper don't work in the real world and that's true for protein I've been involved in, in the fitness and bodybuilding for 60 years. I have not met a single person ever, ever, who get, got fat from eating protein. Not one. And they've shown in studies, bodybuilders have consumed five times more than the, reg, the recommended intake of protein for muscle growth, and none of them gained an, even an ounce of body fat. They actually lost body fat. So the notion that eating excess protein will make you fat is just crap. In active people, excess protein is oxidized in the liver. It's not converted into body fat. So I, I, guess, I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, those are some of the uh, myths, uh, the most common myths about fat loss. Um, uh, if you want further information about nutrition, exercise science, hormonal therapy, anti-aging research you can use today, ergogenic aids, uh, supplement science, which ones work, which ones don't. I tell you the truth, I'm not associated with any supplement company. So I'm not going to lie to you like a lot of these other guys do. You know, these kind of gun-for-hire PhDs and MDs, they're on, the, they're on the payroll of supplement companies, and they'll, 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 they'll sell you anything because they're getting paid to do so. I'm not on the payroll of any supplement company. I'm going to tell you the truth about supplements. Save you a ton of money. I'm also going to talk about the exercise truths. Uh, which exercise to do, which not to do, uh, although that varies with individuals, it's true. Uh, and uh, many other topics, women's health and fitness, it's all covered in my Applied Metabolics newsletter, www.appliedmetabolics.com. Uh, it's evidence-based. It also includes my 60 years of actual experience, which no, can't be matched by anybody I know of. Also, I'm a professional writer. Uh, my writing is much easier to read and understand than some of these other digital publications. And I'm not saying they're not good. Some of them are, have very good information. You know, the guys who write them do have education knowledge. Problem is that they're not writers, so they tend to, you know, slip into academies. You know, where where they are, the, the writing seems like it's in a medical journal, and for most people, it's hard to follow that unless you have a, a, a scientific background. You don't need that for my applied metabolics. Every scientific or technical term is readily explained. You don't need to take out a science dictionary to, uh, to read my applied metabolics. Uh, it's, uh, uh, if you, when you, when you uh, subscribe, I'll send you an invitation to join my private uh, applied metabolics Facebook page where every day I post new information on exercise, nutrition, and medicine in general. I also have an email portal on my applied metabolics webpage where current subscribers only can send me short questions, maybe anything they read in applied metabolics, 
or anything that comes to mind, as long as it's a short question, you have to be a subscriber, though, because I don't answer unsolicited questions. So I think that's about it. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, if you want to have the best friend you ever have, go to your local shelter, adopt a dog. Thank you.